Hello, and welcome to this Men's Health Squad conversation with Jake Dearden. Jake is a Hyrox master trainer and world record holder, so you won't be surprised to learn that the central theme of our conversation today was Hyrox. We covered absolutely everything from just what Hyrox is, why it's become so popular, how you can optimize your training for Hyrox, what to do and what not to do on race day, how to hydrate and fuel your body for Hyrox, as well as the supplements that Jake believes can benefit Hyrox athletes. And Jake takes us through the weekend that he competed 11 Hyrox races back to back, sometimes with less than 20 minutes between events. Tons and tons of actionable tips here that will be applicable whether you're looking to tackle your first race or you consider yourself a seasoned Hyrox athlete looking to eke out those marginal gains. Enjoy. Jake, thanks for joining me, dude. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Happy days. Talk me through a High Rocks. So High Rocks is a fitness racing event. Uh, it's eight runs, one kilometer each, separated by eight exercise stations. Um, the aim is to do it as fast as possible. Uh, it starts off with a kilometer run, then you go on to a ski erg, K run again, sled push, sled pull, burpee broad jumps, uh, row, farmer's carry, uh, walking lunges and then wall balls to finish. Uh, it's quite tough, um, but yeah, it, it is kind of like a strength indoor endurance event. So each of those stations you just mentioned is is spread out by a kilometer, right? And it's exactly the same anywhere you do it in the world. It's the it's the same event, right? You're... Yeah, correct. It's it's done indoors, so it takes out all the elements or, or all factors that can be um different from you know the weather and conditions and stuff like that so like you can race here uh, in the uk and you can also race in australia and compete and have competitive times between the two so so versus something like say say crossfit where there's a lot of variables this enables you to sort of really see where you stack up at different times with people all over the world not only that but you can also repeat and beat like, you know, you can really see your improvements race after race. Yeah. And I think that's what's so good about Hyrox is the data that they collect. So you have a timing chip uh, that goes on your foot and everything is tracked from all your kilometer runs to all your stations. So you have all that data. As soon as you finish, you have all them data, all them splits, uh, and then you can either work on your time, you know, um, exactly where you are in relationship to everyone else that ran that race. And you can then uh, go and work on and, and improve your time and then, you know, race against other people as well. What do you think's made Hyrox so successful and attractive? Because it's just gone from strength to strength to strength. I, I don't think, I, I don't think I know anyone who hasn't done a Hyrox now. I think my, you know, I, I, it's like, it's just my mom left who hasn't done one of people I know. <laughs> no, for sure. And uh, it's just an incredible event that's number one, relatively low skilled. So whereas CrossFit, it has a lot of skill elements in that you need time to kind of like learn. So for example, um, a barbell muscle snatch, it takes years to develop that. And basically that's someone's career, an Olympic yeah. weightlifter, it's someone's career. So it'll take them years to be able to perfect that movement. Whereas high rocks, all the movements are very low skill. You can learn them with almost everyone could learn them within kind of anywhere between 12 and, and sorry, six and 12 weeks. Um, so yeah, I'd that that's kind of like number one. Number two is it's you you're only 
kind of compared to the people within your age group. So um, I think overall there's about 20 different age groups or age group categories. So you're running against people in your age group and you're running against the same gender. And that means that everyone has the chance for a podium. Mm. But at the same time, you're also, you're, you're, you're at the same event as people who are running to go to the, the world championships and yeah, stuff, right? Yeah. So and as much as you're running your race, you know, you're, you're going to be scored against people in your same age group. You're, 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 you're pounding that pavement with people who are the elites. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing you can get within touch and distance. You can sign up to the same race as someone that is the top of their sports, which you've uh, in any other sport you can't get close to the the real top so um that's yeah that that's something that's also good yeah i think that, you know you, you've got the crossfit open and it means you can see where you shape up against the the top guys in the world but even then you're not in the same gym as them right whereas at high rocks you're you're turning up to the same event um to to some degree um, and as you say, you're you're actually within within touching distance, which I think is pretty cool. It's pretty inspiring. And in terms of fitness as a sport, it, it it's super inclusive, right? Yeah, and they market it as that as well. That you know anyone can do it, uh, and I completely agree for, with that. Like they also, if you've got any issues or anything, then you can scale it as well. And Hyrox are happy to accommodate absolutely everyone. Um, there's people doing it in wheelchairs. There's people uh, doing it on crutches. There's people that have mobility issues that, uh, and they just make it accessible for everyone. So, uh, and everyone also wants the best for each other. So it's not like you go in there and yeah, you will have competition but in, in like the top races, but realistically, everyone's happy for whatever time you achieve. So everyone just wants you to do the best. Um, and I think it's such a positive environment. Like even just going to a high rocks and going watching and spectating, like it's good from the spectator's point mm. of view. Number one, because it doesn't last all day. You go to a, a normal functional fitness event and the, the typical, you've got three workouts, you've got two hours in between each workout, mm. every workout overruns and you're there until late hours in the day and you've been there all day whereas and from for a spectator i think that's probably the worst thing yeah. in the world so like you can go into a high rocks you can register you can do your race within an hour to an hour and 40 minutes and then you're out exploring the city that you've just traveled to to do a high rocks so the, the fact that you can be in and out realistically within two to three hours if you want to a lot of people stay longer just because the vibe is that good and you know there's dj and there's food vendors you know everyone's racing um it's quite entertaining but you can if you wanted just be in and out there within a couple of hours yeah it, it it's an event where you could spend all day and it, it you know if you're into training if you're into the gym and you do like spending all your time at the gym you can just hang around there all day, right? And it's a great culture. But at the same time, if you just want to be in and out, and I, I feel your pain when you you do some events and you might do, yeah, four or five events and you're there all day and you, you, you know, you're, you're sort of hard up for a place to sit down. If you brought someone with you, they're absolutely bored off their tits. Um, and the fact you could just go in and get out at High Rocks, I think is, is a bit of a stealth draw, but it is a draw. I think it is quite an attractive thing. I, I think it allows you to say, oh, I'm just going to go try this one. Uh, you're not, you know, without necessarily committing to the full day out. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And uh but like you say, it is addictive and it is like I literally every time I go to Iros event I'm, I'm there from, from morning till till noon. Um my girlfriend hates me for it. <laughs> <laughs> she uh she knows Hyrox like the back of her hand because of me. Um and, and yeah, but it, it is enjoyable. I'll, I'll spend happily spend all weekend there. Uh, especially when it's in the UK. Like I, I, even if I'm not competing, I'll go and watch and, and go and support. Um so yeah. Nice. On that note, talk to me about your your high rocks uh, career. How did you get into the sport? So I've always been into kind of running and strength training separately because I also I always wanted to be fit, but I also wanted to look good. Um, and I felt like the the typical runner just wasn't the 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 kind of like aesthetics that I wanted. So I've I've always kind of like strength trained on the side and enjoyed you know just progressing that. So and. They kind of counterbalance each other, like they, they, they counteract each other. So um, when Harrods came along and it's an event where it literally tests your strength and it tests your endurance, like it, it was like perfect for me realistically. So um, how I actually got into it was I, I'd heard that a couple of guys had done it and they said, oh, it was, it was amazing. So that year, uh, our gym decided to throw everyone at it and we actually went to um, the Birmingham High Rocks in October 22. Um, and we took 60 people there. So, uh, and it was absolutely insane. Our, our first kind of big functional fitness uh, event, aside from kind of like CrossFit events. Um, and, and we went there and uh, I actually placed first in my age group. Um, so, and that was without any training or anything. So I thought, oh, I'm actually quite decent at this. Um, I'll give it a go and actually train for it um so fast forward uh, a couple of months that was october uh, then we go to manchester in, in january uh, 23 um and i went and won my age group again and then a couple of weeks later then competed in glasgow uh, and then got the world record for my age um and that was just through actually putting some time aside to actually train for high rock specifically um and then uh, after that, then worked really hard, um, made the transition from going from the open category to the pro category, uh, attempted it in London, Irox, and then actually slipped two discs in my back. Oh. So, um, and, and I got around the full Irox and then on the wall balls, uh, like something just didn't feel right. My mobility wasn't really there, um, but I just kept pushing. I thought, I'm, I'm 40 wall balls in, I'll, I'll try to keep pushing. I got to 46 wall balls and like my back just went and I couldn't stand up um, spent a night in A&E and then couldn't walk for three weeks after um, had an MRI done two bulge discs so um, and then since then I, I spent six months kind of out rehabbing um, and then um, after that just made my comeback with uh, doing uh, a charity event for 11 Hyroxes within two days so it was kind of a test obviously first to to kind of raise money for Macmillan uh, Cancer as they're, they're quite close to me um, but uh, also uh, just a, a test of my my endurance but then to test out that the give me a focus for my rehab period to mm. to, to make sure that i i was taking my rehab serious so i would be ready for that event 11 in one weekend yeah 11. so you, you made up for lost time when you're <laughs> out right talk me through that how so talk me through uh 11 high rocks how, how did that work and how did that feel so uh came up with the idea uh basically i went to high rocks and asked them how many hierarchies can I do at an event in a weekend? And they said, we'll work it out for you. So they came back with 11. 
So I was like, right, we, we're going to do 11 then. Um, so, so this is this, sorry, this is across different categories though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, it was just uh, basically, um, how many times I can run the course when a male is on the course. So okay. it'd be across, uh, male doubles it'd be across male singles and it'd be across mixed doubles uh obviously i couldn't be on the course when when just females were on it mm -hmm. um so yeah they, they came up with 11 it was uh three male doubles uh five singles and then three mixed doubles uh to make up my 11 um eight on one day and then three the next day um so so that was a challenge and then um just obviously mid training program um we we're focusing on rehab at the same time, but just building up the work capacity, building up the strength. So I'd be basically bulletproof for uh, this event, and then, um, and then it was just all about kind of like the the, the planning. When it came down to the day, um, I, they'd actually messed up a little bit. They told me that I'd be going every two hours. And, and doing a high rocks every two hours and then I got the times through and it was actually every every hour and a, hour 40 minutes so it was every um yeah every 100 minutes so uh that just gave me a turnaround of anywhere between like 20 and 30 minutes so just just for anyone who hasn't done a high rocks who doesn't know what's the what's an average time for a, a male so uh, the average time for a male is one hour 32 right so, so that, that's yeah, the, the it's about eight minutes shy of, of what your turnaround would have to be there right yeah so cool. so basically i'd, I'd have to i intended on all being a certain time i had to make that time faster uh, just because of, of the turnaround because i just needed a little bit of time in in between to refuel hydrate um and so on so yeah it was quite tight if you're enjoying this content you can watch or listen ad free on the men's health app by joining the men's health squad today once you're in the squad you will have access to tons of exclusive content including regular member q a's interviews and access to our world-class training platform featuring plans for every level and for any goal simply head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk forward slash mh mag or hit the link below what were you aiming for for each one then with the, with the 100 minute turnaround? So I aimed for everyone to be under one hour 20, uh, which I successfully managed. Um, a couple of them being a, a little bit faster than that. Uh, I got um, a couple of sub hours. So with, with the doubles in the morning, I got two sub hours. So 156 minutes, 158 minutes, uh, one hour six, and then all the rest were between one hour 10 uh, and one hour 15. How do you train for something like that? Tough question. Um, no, uh, I train like I would, I was doing kind of like an extreme endurance event. So um, I'm from kind of like an ultra marathon background. So um, I've trained for a couple of really long events before. And basically we just need to, we're just focused on building up our work capacity and then getting used to training whilst tired as well and performing the movements whilst tired because it's all good just doing them fresh. But mm. when you start to struggle, we need to be able to hold uh, certain movements, body patterns, and we need to make sure that, that we're, we're switched on because some of the loads are very heavy and that they could potentially be dangerous if you're, you're not, um, you're not focused, which when you're fatigued, it is, it is a struggle. Yeah. So for someone looking to do their first high rocks now, they're interested, they, they've seen it on social media. They're, they're sort of the average gym goer. They, they, you know, 
they maybe maybe are still training with a bit of a bro split, but they've got an interest. They've got they've got they've, they've sort of dipped their toe in a bit of functional work. They do some running. They they train in a commercial gym. How do they train for their first high rocks? So first of all, I'd set out a plan. So ideally, you want anywhere between eight and twelve weeks. I'd recommend um, just just to kind of like make sure that you you are ready but but first of all i'd spend my first or, or spend your first uh four weeks getting strong and getting a little, little bit better at running so actually splitting them up you don't have to get too specific uh, at the start you don't have to be doing a high rocks every weekend um you can literally focus on your strength work and focus on uh, your running and then after about four weeks, so say, for example, it is a 12-week plan, the first four weeks you should do that. And then after that, we then start to get specific. So you start to incorporate uh, high rocks movements. So especially the sled push, sled pull, um, you want to be making sure that you can lunge properly, uh, that you can do wall balls. And we start practicing these movements and getting specific. Um, and then the, the final four weeks is where I'd start doing tests and, and testing your abilities in a Hyrox f- format. So you, you may do once a week, you may do something similar to a Hyrox where you're, you're practicing the, the, the full thing, practicing running under fatigue um, and then um, going into the Hyrox with at least like one deload week b- beforehand. But um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend making sure beforehand, making sure that you've done all the movements. I know some of the movements do sound really easy and but practicing them can take like valuable seconds slash minutes off your time just by getting the good technique. So what does a, a sort of a high rock simulation workout look like for someone who, who trains in a, in a, in a, in a good gym, you know, they've got, they've got access to everything they need to have access to. What would they be doing in order to sort of simulate the stimulus they can expect on the day? So to, you, you could actually go through a, a full run through or something that I like to do is half the run time so the, the running time is a kilometer and um, to put it into kind of like a, an hour session or, or a session that's roughly an hour if we just half uh the 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 running time so run 500 meters in between each um exercise then you couldn't fit it into an hour but i'd recommend just doing a high rocks realistically and seeing where we're at um in kind of like a commercial gym if you've got access to everything um then quite a, quite a time <laughs> yeah. and then and then try and actually do do a full run through or what we can do we can actually just practice like single exercises of the movements into a run so say if you're in a really busy gym you're not going to have access to all eight pieces of equipment when you want them so you could either do them in a different order or you could just practice on on certain days practice different ones but say for example you might do three rounds of uh, a 50 meter sled push straight into either a 500 meter run or a kilometer run and do that three times and just get used to uh, running under fatigue and and get used to that feeling of trying to run when when you are tired. Do you think that's the key is, is trading that compromised running? Do you think that's what takes most people by surprise is, is, is that sort of wading through treacle that you end up doing if you've never trained to run run on tired legs before is certainly an experience, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's so different. Like you do get um, natural runners that have been running all their lives, enter a high rocks and they they do struggle if they've not built up that strength and not get used to, to, to running with basically jelly legs when your legs are full of lactate. So 
getting used to this and, and being able to handle this uh, is really important but likewise like don't do all your training running on fatigue legs because we do need to develop some speed um, you, you can only run as fast as your top speed so if our top speed isn't very fast then we need to develop that as well so going going at it from both angles going from kind of like your, your pure speed running to to then running fatigued uh, is really important what would the pure speed so what does a, a, a running only session look like for a high rocks athlete or should it look like so a running only only session for for a high rocks athlete athlete i'd recommend doing interval work and, and you could potentially just uh, separate um, just the just have the running in elements of of high rock. So, say for example, you might do eight times one kilometer efforts with a rest period in between. That way, you can focus on running faster than you would do in a high rocks event because you've got a rest period. Whereas high rocks, you don't really rest. Um, so that would be kind of like a typical session. How much sort of rest would you look at in the, that eight one eight times one kilometer repeats? So if it, yeah, if it was eight times one kilometer repeats, uh, I'd start off with a high rest period. So maybe potentially two minutes rest. And then over the weeks, repeating this workout and bringing the rest time down and maybe maybe finishing it with 60 seconds rest uh, in between. So you're starting with longer rest periods and then you're trying to, over the weeks, you're trying to maintain the same pace, but bring down the rest period. So, so you are getting fitter and your recovery times are coming down. Do you think it's important to incorporate shorter runs as well to sort of run at an overpace? Yeah, for sure. So so let's say either if you're doing 1Ks with rest, so you're, you're technically running faster than you would do on the day or doing shorter runs, whether it's 400-meter uh, efforts, 800-meter efforts, and just getting used to running faster. Like the more you run, the more efficient you're going to get. But we can't just do a load of slow running because in high rocks we're running at a pace that we want to run fast so we need to practice that that faster running and it's just all about being efficient whilst running fast and being able to recover whilst running fast as well what are the biggest mistakes you see people making in their training for high rocks oh tough one um biggest mistakes are avoiding exercises that they don't like <laughs> right a lot of people and it's crazy to think this but a lot of people sign up to high rocks and they absolutely hate running mm. and they'll just do all the high rocks exercises and then they they'll just put off the running and then they'll get to the day and they're like oh i hate running and then they'll get a bad time and then be like oh I need to get running, but you know that from the start. So, so mm. definitely prioritize your weaknesses, all the things that generally your weaknesses are the things that you don't like. So, so prioritizing them. Um, and then, um, like I say, practicing all the exercises. Some, some people go too far the other way and then the exercises they find easy. They, they just don't even practice. They just say, Oh, I can do that. Whether it's lunges, whether it's uh wall balls, whether it's, um, puppy broad jumps, um, and they don't test them and then they get to the day and they actually it just takes them by surprise how, how intense it is so so they're the two main things and then uh, thirdly probably because you're training strength and endurance people put a strength program and an endurance program and just smash them together mm -hmm. and try and run both at the same time and then they end up overtraining not taking rest days and then potentially getting injured or just not making the progress because they're not giving the body time to recover so how do people scale that back to make sure that they're getting enough of both, but not too much of either? Yeah, for sure. So 
uh, you've got to prioritize, well, you've got to assess yourself first and foremost and prioritize the thing that you're not the best at. So whether if you're good at running, then, but you're, you're less good at uh, strength work, then you need to prioritize your strength work. If you're not as good at running, then you need to prioritize your running. So having a priority uh, is key, but making sure that you're having adequate rest days. So at least one to two a week. Um, and then, but like if we talk about kind of like a, a typical training program for someone who'd train, you know, five times a week, for, for example, um, you're probably looking at uh, two strength sessions or one to two strength sessions, one to two running sessions, and then one kind of high rocks focus session where, where it, you're putting them both together. What tips do you have for someone on race day? Or actually, to carry on the theme of mistakes, what are the biggest mistakes you see people making on race day that cost them time? So biggest mis mistakes are people not realizing that the rock zone, so let me explain the rock zone. The rock zone is, so you've got a running track on the outside, and this is where we do our 1K runs. Then you have all of the stations on the inside, and you've got to get from the that you've got to get from the track to the stations and now there's a zone in between that's called the rock zone now this is timed a lot of people think that it isn't timed so they'll walk this yeah. this part of the the course and then um afterwards they, they look and, and the, the time's still running uh, and they they don't have the time that they so think the, you, that, yeah. your time is start to finish right it's yeah from the minute yeah. you start to the minute you cross the finish line so there's no dead time in there whatsoever no no yeah. so so make sure that you are moving at all times that that would be kind of like my one of my number one tips um other mistakes are just fueling and nutrition so so make sure that you've practiced this within your training whatever you uh, do in training make sure or, or do pre-training make sure that you do on race day don't do anything new don't be looking at the person next to you or looking at the elite athletes and and and, practice, uh, and kind of like copying what they do because that might not work for you just kind of trial and test what works for you and that's that's for nutrition that's for hydration that's for clothing like don't wear your new shoes on race day and <laughs> uh, make sure because people do it and yeah. and uh because they obviously want to look good like make sure you at least do a couple of practice runs in them. So uh, yeah, they're probably my biggest points. If you're enjoying this content, you can watch or listen ad-free on the Men's Health app by joining the Men's Health squad today. Once you're in the squad, you will have access to tons of exclusive content, including regular member Q&As, interviews, and access to our world-class training platform featuring plans for every level and for any goal. Simply head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk forward slash mh-mag or hit the link below. What does nutrition and hydration look like for for a, for a successful race? What should be people be aiming to do? Yeah, so we, we want to have some form of carbohydrates within our system. Like, um, obviously, people are going to be on all different diets, but realistically, if we look at a Hyrox event, it's an endurance event, but it's one where we're working at a really like high heart rate for the majority of the event. So uh, we're probably working at eight to nine percent of, of our threshold of our max throughout the full event. So if we look at... Which to be clear, requires carbohydrates. You're yeah, not, yeah. so, not going to so, get away with... Uh, yeah, so, so if you had a, do you know, a fat only diet, like the, the studies say that we can only work at 65% of our VO2 max. Um, obviously we can become more fat adapted, but that percentage doesn't rise too much. So um, if... 
we, we basically to work at our that eight to nine to percent uh, of our threshold we need to have something that digests a little bit quicker which is carbohydrates so we need to to carb load uh, we need to have carbohydrates um the day of the event but also the days leading up to the event so so making sure that that we've uh, loaded carbohydrates simple carbohydrates that i like to include uh, uh rice pasta uh kind of like breads um and then fruit uh, is a big one so so especially things like bananas uh, are great and i'll have these the, the days before to the lead up and and of the day of and then hydrating just making sure like the easiest way to do it is making sure that your urine's clear and you go into the toilet quite often um so so that's the easiest to do it but but every meal you should be having a drink with uh and then making sure as soon as you wake up you, you have anywhere between 500 ml to a liter of water i'd probably say is the simplest way of doing it are there any uh, supplements you think that are ideal for for race day let's say race day for now okay so uh race day supplements um number one would probably be caffeine uh just because it increases uh, dopamine w w within the body which makes us feel a bit better if we feel better we're going to perform better it also increases uh, alertness through uh, rises of adrenaline which then reduces how much pain you feel and mm. um, which obviously harox isn't painful but like there's there's times where like say for example after a sled push your legs are burning and it can it can be burning so it reduces that burning sensation so and and it just gives us a little bit more energy so Caffeine, uh, for sure. I definitely recommend uh, citrulline malate as well. So any nitric oxide producer. So nitric oxide is w within the body, but we can also um, externally like supplement with it, should we say. Um, so citrulline malate or uh, beetroot is kind of like a natural mm. source. What, of is, it. what does nitric oxide do? So it dilates the veins uh, and it improves blood flow. So if we think about, if we think about it, if we dilate the veins, we get more blood flow to the muscles, which delivers more oxygen and we can get rid of the, the carbon dioxide a little bit quicker within our muscles. So if we can just make that whole process a little bit quicker, then uh, we, like it, it's best to do so. So having something like citrulline malate, um, or beetroot juice. So you can have beetroot shots, or you can you can have actual beetroots. Um, I, I'd recommend. And then uh, the other thing that gives us kind of like a, a placebo on the day, but if we load it, uh, it's a little bit better. Is beta alanine. So uh, beta alanine is that tingling. Uh, sensation uh, well sorry it's a product that gives us that tingling sensation from a pre-workout uh, if we have it on the day then that that kind of tingling sensation makes us feel again more awake um, and it, it feels like something's working which would be kind of like a placebo effect but studies show that if you load it over a six to eight week period beforehand so have it every day for six to eight weeks beforehand that it actually buffers lactate so lactate is acidic beta alanine offsets this meaning that you can push a little bit further so when your legs are, are burning they burn again burn a little bit less for from it being offset yeah so a pre-workout is is ideal yeah yeah so so so, so something like a, a pre-workout but but yeah they're, they're the things that you're looking at in, in between what should people be doing after um their high rocks event what are what are some tips you've got for recovery so uh, tips for recovery. Um, first, make sure that you do go celebrate. Like you've just achieved something like uh, phenomenal. You've you've worked hard for twelve weeks. So make sure that you do go out and celebrate. 
Um, but like right after, make sure that we, we do hydrate. So you're going to be dehydrated. It is warm in there, so you are going to be sweating a lot. So make sure that we hydrate with water and electrolytes. Um, there will be kind of like aid stations and stuff like that where you can have water, but and then making sure that we get a, a decent meal down us as, as soon as after realistically. So you could either have something like a protein shake or you could literally go for a meal and we just want something high in protein and carbohydrates just to replenish them stores. What about in the following days after an event? So following days, you are going to be stiff. You are going to be sore. Um, make sure that we we do try and move. So don't just sit in bed all day. Uh, if we if we move, then we create blood flow to the muscles, uh, and that helps repair. Um, if if you do want to go for a massage, that that'll help. Um, but we do want to take training a lot easier. So uh, either rest like once two days after i definitely recommend resting once two days after and just keep keeping active so still doing your steps um but uh then taking it easier for kind of like the week after i'd say what's next for you with high rocks uh so next for me um we've just competed in manchester we're going to be going to glasgow in three weeks time so uh going to be doing a, a pro singles there so hopefully put down a good time for that uh, and then it's London and then it's the Nice World Champs uh, where I think we'll be doing pro doubles. Uh, we just qualified for that. So, so yeah, hopefully win that. Talk me through the different categories, actually. What, okay. are, what are the different categories people can enter? Because I know some people are maybe a little bit hesitant to go and, and, and do a race on their own. Um, maybe maybe they've never done anything like this before, but there are other options, right? What what else can people do to get involved in High Rocks? Yeah, for sure. So there's there's quite a few options. There's so you've got your singles where you've got two weight categories, and you've got two weight categories across everything now. So um, you've got uh, an open weight, and then you've got a pro weight. So uh, that basically the pro weight is just heavier for for certain yeah, by, exercises. By weight, you mean uh, weight of the implements, not not the weight. No, of the, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not, it's not, not the big weight guys of the and small yeah, guys. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So so pro weight. So say for example, um, the the sled push normally for the men's open it'd be 125 kg plus a sled sleds about 30 kg um it would be 175 kg plus a sled so quite a big weight difference um and, and that's just to to make it a little bit more competitive for, for them elite athletes now you've got singles women and men then you've got uh, doubles, uh, men women and then mixed so uh, you'd basically uh, run it with a partner and you do the runs together and you've got to stay together on the runs, but then all the exercises would be halved. So you'd be, you'd be shared the exercises. So say for example, it was a thousand meter skier at the start, you'd do 500 meters each, or it doesn't have to be 500 meters, but you, you split it however you want. And the aim is to get around as fast as possible again. And then the last category would be a relay. So they do a women's only relay, men's relay, and then mixed relay. And this is four people and you pick two stations each and you do two runs each and it's the fastest to finish again. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Dude, thank you so much. That was uh, super useful. I'm sure that's uh, a lot of information for anyone looking to do their, their first high rocks. Do you encourage anyone and everyone to give this a go? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'd recommend it to anyone like just getting yourself out of your comfort zone, trying something new, but getting amongst like-minded people as well. Like, like I said before, everyone wants the best for each other. Uh, you create so many good relationships through High Rocks, and I think it's an amazing sport that everyone should try at least. Lovely. Thanks for joining me today, mate. Oh, thank you for Cheers. your time.